It all starts up front, and the offensive tackles are the place you got to get the quality at. We're going to talk top five tackles as it stands right now in our current rankings today on Locked On NFL Draft. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of the Locked On NFL Draft Show. I'm your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And of course, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Tracy from Locked On Chiefs and Rogue Analytics. You can also find them on Twitter at RyanTracyNFL. You can find me on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker. We want to thank you for making us your first listen every day and also let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is a daily fantasy made easy pick two to five players. And if they score more or less than their Price Picks projections, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100 while using the promo code locked on. That's pricepicks.com. Promo code locked on. Ryan, we're getting into some uh, top five here, and we got some offensive alignment. So, obviously, you, you're, a lot of your approach is film and analytically driven. And when it comes to the offensive alignment that we're going to go over today, uh, what is your process with mirroring those two th- different things? You know, for me, it's about it, what you have to exclude. So, if you're a guy that gives up a ton of pressure, and even though you might be in the in the top percentages in terms of uh, height, weight, that kind of thing, like if you're prototypical but you can't defend the pass, you're out of the list. So it, really for me, the process is about who's got the stats to back up what the result was and then how did they get there with the film? you got to marry those two. And that's that's what I spend the bulk of my time doing is not just determining all the, the algorithm stats that I use uh, at Rogue Analytics, but crossing that over with the film and how they get there, what equates. And more importantly, that's when you get the decision about can it jump to the NFL level? Are there certain things, certain shortcuts maybe that especially an offensive tackle uses at the college game that he can't really get away with at the next level? That's where it becomes important for me. So this is the initial view. I've done a bunch of these guys. This is a minimum of three games on everybody that's going to be on this list today and clearly haven't done the whole uh, draft class. We're just getting started. It's still January, but I want to know your thoughts on some of these guys. And it starts for me, the top five. You guys can see this over at NFL33.com. That's my sub stack where me and my staff put out all of our film work, uh, tying the analytics in. You can get subbed over there if you'd like to see some of this. For me, it's Dewan Jones because – there are a few people, and we were talking about Darnell Washington yesterday, there are a few people that have this kind of size and still have good mobility. And it is, what, six? He's listed at 6'8". That's nice to have, especially if you're, you're able to drop your pad level a little bit. That's one of the things that I want to see a little bit more from him. But he's got great power. And I think he, along with Paris Johnson, they have that kind of two-point tandem, right, where he is kind of the, the power-oriented guy that can get through there punch dudes in the face can get off the ball has good drive uh and really surprisingly for me i thought his first step is pretty good and i really like his feet in zone blocking so i think that equates to the nfl quite well if you're a guy that only runs power and you can't position yourself and get out on the run and zone i think that limits how much interest you're going to have from some teams so I'm, I'm really impressed with that and for a guy that size he's got to play with good pad level and i see a lot of that on film it slips yeah. from time to time but you know, that's the key for me. Have you gotten a chance to watch much of him? And what else do you see or do you disagree? 
Not yet, but I, I did want to ask you kind of a follow-up question because you start talking about pad level and things like that. Uh, and a lot of times when you see these bigger guys, right? And when I say bigger, I mean, obviously, offensive linemen, they're just big in general. But six foot eight, now you're just really tall. And everyone knows that really in sports, especially football, low man wins. Yep. And a lot of times these guys that are taller like that, and I see that with Mike McGlinchey on the 49ers, he happens a lot of times to just kind of uh, lose because of the anchor, right? Like his anchor isn't great. Guys are, are able to get under his pad level and kind of knock him back. So is that something that you saw from Dewan Jones' game? From time to time, but I think he does a pretty good job protecting his chest plate and not letting guys get to that leverage point right underneath the ribs where they can actually get you jacked up and get you back on your heels. Now, he doesn't sink a whole lot, but his his backside allows him to have the strength where combined with a little bit uh, maybe – atypical core strength where he can get his chest up with his hips low and still be able to recover. Now, when you have that much mass behind you listed at 350, I don't know if he's plus or minus that we'll find out of the weigh-ins. I think that also helps. So there, there's a natural advantage you have in anchoring when you have that much mass that the defender has to push either around or through. So I give him a little bit of credit there. It doesn't have to be as um, stone typical of what you're looking for and being able to drop hip level as well when you're trying to re-anchor it works for him he's got the best pressure percentage in this class of guys that are eligible just five pressures on the entire season in 2022 and i think that's it goes categorically to his size now he's going to face better athletes in the next level so he does have to improve upon that but it's a good place to start if you're watching on youtube right now we kind of just have a graphic up so you can kind of see the guy's names and their height, 6'8", 315, and some of the things that he has, just some initial uh, thoughts on, you know, Dewan Jones and some of these other guys that will be coming up next. So we are about to have his number four guys and number three guy coming up. But today's episode of Locked On NFL Draft is brought to you by the Ultimate Football GM, and you've heard us talk about this on the mobile app and I can't tell you how much fun it is. We've been competing against other hosts as well as Chris Carter from Locked On Steelers. But now it is your turn. Have you ever dreamed about becoming the NFL GM and managing your own football franchise? Well, if you have, your dream can come true. And this game is definitely for you. You'll manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through seasons, and lead your team to glory trying to build a dynasty. All right, with the Ultimate Football GM, you are responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring your right coaches and coordinators, trading players, navigating your franchise through the free agency and the draft, and all the ups and downs that come with an actual season. All right, so uh, all this in a challenging and realistic game, and we've all been there. I, I grew up wanting to be a GM, and we all have – these teams that we're fans of or that we root for, or you talk about the things that you would do or who you would draft, you get the chance to do that here. We've created a Locked On League for you to compete against Locked On fans all over the world. You can be the ultimate Locked On football GM. Choose the Locked On League in the app and join. You can create a football dynasty by doing this, all right? The Locked On NFL Draft listeners get a 100% free boost on their franchise when using the promo code Locked On. That is Locked On in all caps in the gaming store, all right? That's Locked On in all caps. So make sure you check it out today to download the game. Just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores, all right? That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. 
All right, guys, we want to thank you for making Locked On the NFL Draft your first listen of the day. And also, guys, you got to subscribe to the NFL podcast and get daily conversations on the biggest stories. Our plus in-depth analysis on the biggest games with NFL key predictions uh, every Friday and Monday. So, as you know, you know, there's a game going on tonight, this evening, your you had games that just passed. You had the Dallas Cowboys and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the spot that you want to go to so you get the up-to-date analysis on the local experts. All right, Locked On NFL available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. All right, Ryan, we're back at it. We got number four, and it looks like it's Anton Harrison, the big tackle out of Oklahoma, 6'5", 315 pounds. What are some things that you like about him? You know, his length is obviously his biggest thing uh he has that in spades he's not the six foot eight uh listed six five even uh at 315 but it is the fact that he's got good length from shoulder to hand he uses that punch pretty well he can control and has decent hand strength when he is engaged but it's his feet as well he's got a pretty smooth kick you can see here how this this frame actually ends he's got good extension not again like we talked with juan jones not necessarily dropping his, his pad level, his center of gravity down, but he has good control there to re-anchor once he stepped back. And I feel he's more of a finesse blocker, but he does get it done. He gets to the second level in the run game. He can reach block pretty well, at least over a gap. Uh, I don't want to ask him to do two gaps, but you can get into that later. Uh, and then really the key here is that he is able to kick out against the wide nine, and that's a big plus for me. Do you want more power from him? Sure. Do you want him to come off the ball with a little bit more explosion? I would. Um, the bigger problems are that you get caught sometimes in, in bending at the waist, uh, reaching and losing a little bit of balance issue there. But uh, overall, I think he's, he's touch ahead of Jones. And he's not quite the athlete that the top three are. And so that's kind of where he's sitting right now. You, you talked about wide nine. So one, kind of explain what the wide nine is for folks out there that might not know and how that can uh, potentially be something that is a little tough for some of the offensive tackles, especially one that might not be as athletic. The, the wide nine is the widest alignment you're going to get far outside of your shoulder pass. So it's not like a classic gap, which is really going to be about uh, a width of a person, right? So it's, call it six foot and wider is generally my my marker when I'm watching film. And it's because it's not just the upfield path that the defender has to produce. It is that they can go a little bit straighter towards the quarterback. That means the tackle has to set either more 45 or more vertical to get in the path of the defender. And that's tough. You have to have a strong post leg. You have to be able to get out of there with some quickness. And that's usually the challenge, especially for some of the taller guys to, again, sink and drive backwards to make that contact. He does a pretty good job with that. That's one of the things that I watch in particular is the first thing is I, I look for those reps against wide defenders uh, because I think that gives me a general look at, at athleticism off the bat. Do you feel there's a better way to go about it, or what do you look at when you try to watch a tackle? Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's the athleticism because when you watch in feet, for the most part, right, like feet, athleticism, kind of tie those two things together. But you get to the NFL, you notice, man, these guys are kind of flying off to the edge. And the, the defensive linemen, they're only getting more and more athletic, I feel like, each year. And one thing that has been kind of clear is it's almost like defensive line are developing at a faster rate than the offensive line. So, you know, are you having enough guys entering the NFL that can kind of keep up with this new style of guys? And if you can, a lot of it is predicated on being able to get out there, set up, nice kick step, 
and then be able to anchor down with those guys or kind of move and make the defensive alignment run the hoop. And if you're going to mm-hmm. do that, man, you got to be ready because then if you're shooting out too quick and getting too quick in your pass set, what are they going to do? They're going to counter that by spinning back inside or trying to stab you and knock you off balance. So it's really tough. I think offensive alignment, especially tackle, is probably one of the more underrated positions in the sense of like difficulty. Everybody talks about quarterback. Everybody talks about cornerback. Uh, you know, receiver, that transition can be a little difficult as well. But offensive tackle is right up there with some of those other positions as well, just with how difficult it could be being one-on-one on the edge out there with some of these defensive linemen. So uh, who is our number three guy or your number three guy on the list? My number three guy is a guy you like a lot in Paris Johnson. Yeah. Again, one year at tackle, right? But his athleticism bumps him above the two guys we talked about and into the conversation with the top two here that are coming up. He's listed at 6'6", 310, so a little bit smaller. I think he carries it really well. I think his feet are quick. His hands, his hands are good and active, and I think he understands what's coming at him. I think that is partially from playing multiple positions on the offensive line. So when you see him get stunted at, where he's the second defender coming around towards him. I think he does a great job with that. There's one guy that's a little bit better equipped, but that's because of an experience level. But how do you take Paris Johnson and and do you like this ranking here at three, or do you think he's uh, getting underrated here? No, I think three is fine. I mean, three, especially in this class, tells me that, oh, okay, this guy's a first-round pick, and that's how I view him. Uh, He's going to be a top-10 guy. I'm not sure that he's that, right? So you can save those top spots or top 10 spots for some of your other guys. But I think overall, Paris Johnson, and we touched on it, love the versatility first and foremost. And and that was one of the things that we brought up on a previous episode uh, when some of these guys were declaring that they will go to the NFL draft. But being able to play outside and inside, to me, it's so pivotal, especially for a team that's taking you uh, because – Right now, especially with these offensive linemen, sometimes they draft you, you come in, and, oh, man, we got a tackle. Or we got two tackles. So what do they do? Okay, we need to play a guard. Well, guard is not going to be an unfamiliar position for him. And then he has that ability to be able to play on the outside, slide out there, and be a long-term starter at the tackle spot. So um, obviously this is a guy that I really like. But uh, when we come back, I'm curious to see who are your top two guys. Who hold that spot, all right? We're going to talk about that coming up next but the championship rounds of the nfl are here and we are excited about the new sports betting partner for the locked on network because they are the number one sports book in america that's right america FanDuel. of course you knew that already and if you are new to FanDuel, that's even better they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy new customers join today and get started with a 150 dollars in free bets Guaranteed when you place your first bet of $5 or more. Or just sign up for FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has your favorite bets from the money line to the point spreads to player props. They have all of that. All right, plus you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. That's a lot of fun as well. All right, so this is all on the app. That's safe, secure, and super easy for you to use. So football fans, don't miss out on this. Place your $5 bet to get a $150 in free bets. It's only at FanDuel, guys. Win or lose. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, here we go. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty. We got the top two guys. So at two, who do we got? It comes down to athleticism for both of them. 
And like you see in the league, guys like Eric Fisher was a 1-1, right? Lane Johnson is all pro this year. I don't even know how old he is, but athleticism rings through. And, and the top two guys are basing their games on their athleticism. Number two for me is Skaronsky. On film, I have these guys at a literal tie in my system. So you had to go to the stats a little bit, and you have to go to the projection a little bit even more because what Skaronsky brings you is the experience and the, the understanding, he is a technician, and he's got it down. He understands where threats are coming from. He'll even give you a, a, a one-arm poke to the inside so that he can maintain visibility out to the outside looking for blitz threats. He's got all of that awareness that ties in to what he does. And honestly, he moves his feet as well as anybody in this class. The only thing that I give him a little bit of drawback is he stayed at one position the whole time, and I think there is uh, less upside from where he is right now than my number one guy, but they are both extreme athletes. I can't wait to see them test to see how they do stack up to guys like Lane Johnson and Eric Fisher and some of the, the better athletes at this position over the years. How do you think it kind of affects him being the smallest guy? You know, and do you think that's going to be an issue at the NFL level? Do you think that, because right now he's listed at 6'4". What mm -hmm. if he measures in at 6'3"? Do you see? Do you think that there's some teams going to, Say, you know what, and you're a little undersized for a tackle, but then you're a little underweight maybe to play the interior offensive line. So can he kind of be tagged as this tweener? Therefore, a team said, you know what, we want to go with the 6'6 uh, guy mm. with the longer frame and like a Paris Johnson. And maybe some teams have those guys flipped. There will be teams that do that. Uh, the number one question is going to be his arm length. It doesn't look dramatic to me on film. He's, he's not a 35-inch guy for sure. Does he hit the 33 threshold? I think that's going to be the key for him. But I will say this. There are zone teams that are going to be comfortable with him in either position. I think he can go inside, and with his technical prowess, he can be a monster. If he does go into guard, I see him as a, as a Joe Tooney type, the technician that has the athleticism to be in there, even though he is a bit undersized. I'm perfectly comfortable with that. The question then becomes is, is a guard going to go as early if that's where you project him than you would if he was tackle? Right now, I think he's going to end up with the length that they're going to leave him at tackle. And so for now, he stays in that group for me. Do you have concerns? Uh, no, it, it might just depend on maybe the scheme and what mm -hmm. they're asking of them, right? I mean, some of these schemes, and there are a lot of, like, outside zones, and we see, you know, kind of that Kyle Shanahan tree with some of those guys that run a lot of outside zone, uh, not doing as much as straight-up power as we've traditionally seen from, like, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I think if he goes to a team that's more predicated on movement, I think he'll be fine. And I don't think, like, maybe the arm length, you know, just if he can kind of be more athletic and kind of do more of the reach blocks, then I, I think he'll be fine. But uh, who's your number one guy? Well, that comes down to the uh, national champions here. You, you can see athleticism all over Broderick Jones's game. Uh, there will be a little clip here for those of you that can see the YouTube page. Athleticism comes in a number of ways. And nasty finishes one. We, we've seen guys get a, a big reputation the last couple of years about how they finish. Jones certainly has some of that. He's not a finished product by any means, though. I think he has, again, with Skronsky, the best feet in this class that I've seen to this point. He brings the power in a nice mix of being able to move and bring that power with him. Uh, he Out in space, I think he might be as elite as anybody that we've seen in the last four classes once he gets away from the line of scrimmage. So I really like that. But he's got a ways to go. He will lose sight of, of the target at times. He ducks his head to the point where it makes me nervous about following through his initial punch. His punch is erratic as it is already. I think his timing is a little off at times with his punch as well, especially when a, a 
defender, especially outside wide of him, gets a really good first step. His punch is generally late. And I think that's something that's going to have to be worked on quite a bit. But if he can keep his feet moving and not have to reassess, he's going to get to the point where I think he can be a top five tackle in the NFL. It is a drastic difference between him and Skaronsky. He's just as athletic, but he is more upside than he is finished product. So that's where the projection comes in. And right now I have him in first. How do you feel about having to project a guy that potentially is the number one t- tackle in the class? Because no, I mean that, that that sounds a little <laughs> right? it sounds a little risky, right? And I mean I mean at the end of the day, the draft overall is a crapshoot. You know, it's you can identify a guy, you don't know one hundred percent who's gonna be the safe guy or whatever it is, but a guy like Broderick Jones, man, you look at that size, six five, you know, three hundred and twenty pounds. You know, he's going to be looking like that guy that has everything put together between the size and the ability. You talked about some of that athleticism that he has as well, but still a little raw in the technique. Do you think that's something that teams might shy away from because of that? Some teams might. But again, I go back to the to the concept. When you have the athleticism, you have that to rely on. Will it take a little bit of time? It took Fisher a couple of years to get competent. I would argue that it took Lynn Johnson even a season or two to get confident with all the, the technical minutiae that he had to go through. So I feel more comfortable making that projection than some others. And I agree with you. Like it's, it's always a tricky road to go down when you have to project that much. But if he walked in the league at this level right now, I feel that he's a competent starter on half the teams in the league. And that for me is enough to be comfortable putting him at one. Awesome, man. This was fun. Are we going to get into the defensive line next? Do you want to, on the next episode, do you want to start kind of rattling off some of our top fives where we're at right now with our projections? Yeah, we can rattle because I don't, I don't have as much film done on the defensive side yet. <laughs> All right, we'll start to get into a lot more of that right here on this show. We definitely want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Now, for your second listen, go check out Locked On NFL Pods. All right, they bring you the local insights that you love on the national spotlight with daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories. That's Locked On NFL, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. But that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, we'll revisit on some of these topics, get into some top fives, all that and more, the storylines around the college football and NFL draft. Until then, we'll see you all on the next episode. Peace.